0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer. all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash offer.
0: We are going to talk some medicine, health, COVID. But with our next guest, we like to do it and say that it's the intersection of COVID or the intersection of health and politics, because that's where we are. Dr. David Jacobs is the chair of the Ontario Specialists Association, president of the Ontario Association of Radiologists. And uh, I always enjoy talking to you, Dr. Jacobs, because we can talk about a lot of things. And and there are intersections on this COVID journey, on this, on this pandemic journey that we're on. In fact, one of your tweets this morning really called my attention because we have the federal public safety minister, Bill Blair, asserting on Twitter that the federal government has for a year been proactive in keeping international arrivals in Canada at a controlled and careful level. You said what?
1: I don't, actually don't remember exactly what I tweeted, but it's, it, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, he's, basically, he's trying to build um, a story that says that they've been protecting Canadians uh, from uh, the influx of COVID from outside of Canada. And that's absolute nonsense. And the proof of it is in the fact that we're being overrun by variants which come from Brazil, the UK and India.
0: So, and I'm paraphrasing you here. You said something to the, you tweeted something to the effect that uh, the minister probably doesn't know that much about science, but he does understand political spin. I hope I'm yes. not. I'm not. improperly quoting. So, you. I, basically, either he's,
1: um, either he's it just is clearly incompetent in terms of his understanding of science, or uh, he's just making up stories to protect what has become really a disaster for many Canadians. The, 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 the idea is, is that um, you don't want any of these variants in, none of them whatsoever. And if some of them do slip in, you want to be able to catch them early, contain them, quarantine them and let them just burn out without passing on to other people. I, I saw another uh, member of parliament who put out um, a tweet saying that um you know most of the cases aren't travel related um and uh, you know they're, they're actually from community spread well they have to get into the community first so the the whole goal of, of your border strategy should be preventing the influx of all these variants and and minimizing the number of of cases of COVID coming in because every single case that comes in uh, has the potential to multiply exponentially
0: I've been challenged when I uh, suggest that maybe the federal government was not as proactive as it should have been as far as border closures are concerned. What do you think? Well, I, I think what you can do is you can look at other countries at, at, who were
1: very proactive and look at their success. So Vietnam, which does not have a very sophisticated medical infrastructure, uh, Vietnam closed their borders Tightly, and they did that because they knew that they uh, it's a rather it's a populous nation. People live very close uh, amongst each other, and they don't have the infrastructure to deal with a with a, a very aggressive pandemic. Uh, they did that, and they've had very very few cases of COVID, um, and very few deaths related to it. We, on the other hand, uh, took more of a social justice approach to border control, which to me makes absolutely no sense, particularly given the multicultural nature of Canada. And we, uh, you know, early on declared closing borders racist, which is mind-boggling and racist against who exactly? I mean, we have everyone in Canada, uh, so who are we being racist against? It didn't make a lot of sense, uh, and the end result is is that we had a tremendous Volume of COVID coming in from the UK, coming in from
0: uh, you know, you name your country. Mostly, actually, coming in from the U.S. Yes. So, uh, when I then say to you, vaccines, and you've last time you were on with us, which I think was last weekend, you talked to us about the reality that you're seeing in hospitals, in the ERs, in the uh, in the ICUs. And in your department uh, in radiology, where, how frustrated are you with the slow pace of vaccine arrival in Canada and the constant chatter that, oh, yeah, we have another million, we have another million, we'll all be fine by July or we'll all be vaccinated by September, when we know and we see it, that it's far too slow and we're trailing dozens of other nations. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Here's so between now and then here's what I can
1: tell you. Um, the pace at which we're vaccinating people has really has picked up. We're doing a very good job. The frontline workers are doing a tremendous job at vaccinating as are the pharmacists. Um, and we're targeting our neighborhoods that are uh, heaviest hit, uh, maybe not as successfully as we would like to. Uh, but we are making every effort to target the areas that are really uh, have the highest number of cases. So uh, that's a good thing. Um, the uncertainty of the supply has been a real challenge, um, and the slow pace of delivery has been a real challenge in terms of vaccinating. Now, the, the one thing that we have done, which is going to be a bit of a question mark, is we've chosen to vaccinate first doses over second doses and really are really delaying the second doses. Now that actually worked out well in the UK. Uh, so it's not without precedent, but uh, we'll see what happens here because right now we're at a level of about two two 2.5% of the population has had both doses. And then if you look at a place like India where they're, have, they're really struggling with COVID, they're at a similar level of about 1.5%. Now, on the opposite end, India has a very small number uh, percentage. You know, they're, they're at about 10, 15 percent of their population has had uh, a first dose, whereas we're uh, in the 20s in terms of percentage. So hopefully it's the first dose that's going to give us more rapid herd immunity. Um, and uh, it's not the second dose that is going to be as important. Because if not, we risk finding ourselves in the same situation as India.
0: Our chief medical officer nationally, Dr. Theresa Tam, has said that uh, the pandemic has dropped out of a growth pattern, so it's slowing down. And, And her sense is that we could be back to reopening this country by July. At the same time, we're hearing all of these very concerning messages about what's happening in India and the uh, the variants in Canada and the slow vaccine rollout, which I place directly at the foot of the Prime Minister of this country. Um, how do you reconcile the two, or can you? Well, you know, we're
1: going to have to wait and see. Again, it really has to do with the gamble that uh, that Trudeau has forced us into by not having sufficient vaccine procurement or, supply or or local production. Because we don't have the vaccines, we've had to take the gamble and uh, give everyone their first dose and delay the second dose. If that works out, and it has in the UK, if that works out, then I see no reason why we shouldn't be in a good situation by July. Now, The the unknown variable are always going to be the variants. If those variants can break through any immunity that we've developed uh, through the vaccine, uh, then we can find ourselves very quickly in the same situation that we've found ourselves in
0: for the last 18 months. So would I be correct in suggesting that uh, you and I have talked about this politics and health being at uh, an intersection, the intersection of the two, Are we looking at a – this is a terrible metaphor, but are are we looking at a a possibility of both of them running the stop signs?
1: Well, no, I I don't think that
0: uh, – You know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't think Trudeau's going to run into any stop signs. He doesn't pay attention to them, and if he does run into them, he picks somebody from his cabinet to blame it on and throws them under the bus. So <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think he pays attention to any of that. Uh, in terms of so political consequences, I've seen none yet uh, for Trudeau. Uh, I Don't expect any to happen. Uh, in terms of the real life consequences, the ones that really matter to us, uh, in terms of health. Uh, we'll see. The variants are the the big question marks, but if we continue at this pace, we should find ourselves, as Dr. Tam had suggested, in a good situation by the end of the summer.
0: Just to inject a little humor, and I hope it's going to be accepted as humor by everyone listening, what was that old line, there's a bus leaving town at 11 o'clock, be under it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be the theme of this uh, current government.